You're listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self-development, and personal growth. So let's get started. Hi, listeners. Welcome to Episode 18 of Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. In this episode, I will be sharing my favorite winter decks and discussing the themes I work with during the winter months on my healing journey. I also created a custom winter spread for us to explore the lessons of this reflective time of year. Once mid-November hits, I start decorating for the holidays and my Christmas tree goes up. This is the time that I change out my decks from autumn decks to winter decks. I work with decks on a seasonal basis to keep my practice fresh. This way I never tire of the decks I have, and it helps to give me the time to work with all the decks in my collection so that no decks get neglected. I only have one Christmas-themed tarot deck, the Winter Weight Tarot. I purchased this deck in 2018, so I believe it's the first edition of the deck. There have since been three editions with a few card changes. This deck is created by James Abrams and Christine Aguar. I enjoy this deck in the winter months because they have reimagined the Rider Waite Tarot with snowy landscapes, winter coats, sledding, and cheer-filled holiday vibes. There are a few card changes that the artist took that I really love. For instance, the emperor in this deck is Santa Claus which I think is perfect for Christmas time. The Justice card has the naughty and nice list that results in a judgment of coal or a treat for Christmas. There are turkeys at the feet of the Queen of Pentacles, and I believe that's because she is the most likely to be making the Thanksgiving meal for the whole family. See, it's the little details that I love here in this deck. It's so well thought out. In the winter wait, the stars in the sky are bright and enlarged, which might be a nod to the Christmas star that guided the wise men to Jesus. At least that's what I think of when I see these images. Those bright stars stand out in the Eight of Cups, Six of Swords, and the Knight of Wands. In this deck, the world card is a wreath that says Happy Holidays, and the Seven of Wands has several bags of toys behind the fighter who's defending himself and his Christmas loot. The apprentice working hard in the Eight of Pentacles is an elf dressed in red and green as he pounds away at the task he's been assigned for the Christmas list. The pentacles in this deck are a vibrant red and green, which really pop. The change in color scheme makes such a huge difference when you read with these cards. The entire vibe changes. In some of the winter scenes, the artist uses a light purple, blue, and pink to denote the cold, snowy, windy atmosphere. It's easy to get into the holiday spirit with these colors and snowy vibes. I love working with this deck on a quiet, cold winter night under a thick blanket while drinking hot cider or a cup of cocoa. It creates such a cozy feeling, especially when reading cards by the lights of my Christmas tree. These colors actually match perfectly with the red and green ornaments and bows on my Christmas tree and mantle, so that really helps complete the holiday mood for me. Everything about this deck screams the holiday season, and I just love it. There are some fabulous choices in here with this holiday theme. The devil in the devil card looks like Krampus, and he has given the children coal for Christmas. 
The artist in this deck used a reindeer in the strength card to substitute for the traditional lion. The Seven of Cups offers choices of a wreath, toys, gingerbread cookies, a Christmas hat, or candy canes. It's very festive. I work with this deck from mid-November through March, so it works for all of the winter months, not just the holidays. It helps that a lot of the cards are more of a wintry mix and not just a Christmas theme. That is why it's aptly named the Winter Weight Tarot. I like the look of all the tarot collectible decks. They do a groovy weight with a 70s theme, the dead weight with zombies, and the new black light tarot with insanely vivid colors. I highly recommend the Winter Weight Tarot, but also take a look at all of the decks in the collection. They are fabulous. Links for all of the decks that I'll talk about in this episode are in the show notes and on my blog on my website, and I include photos of all of these decks I talk about in the blog as well. Moving on to my next winner favorite. The Game of Thrones Tarot is the only entertainment-themed deck that I own. I probably wouldn't have bought this deck for myself since it's themed for only one TV show, even though it is my favorite show of all time. I just usually don't buy decks that are that narrow in theme. But, my husband surprised me with this deck after the show ended. I was feeling a bit bummed about it being over and upset with the way the show ended like a lot of fans. So he bought the deck to cheer me up, along with a little figure of Daenerys and one of her dragons, Drogon. After having worked with this deck for two winters now, I'm very happy to have it in my collection. I use it during the winter months due to the colors and tones of the deck, and of course because so much of the show teases that winter is coming. The color scheme uses a lot of gold, rust, brown, black, and blue-gray tones. It works nicely for this time of year. I would say that this is a deck for those people that really love the show and that know Tara well, because this deck is not based on the usual images or symbology of the Rider-Waite-Smith Tara system. The creator of the deck chose characters and scenes from the show that would fit as closely as they could to the cards that already exist. So some of the cards can be a bit of a stretch, and it really helps to know the characters well. If you don't know the show, it might be very confusing to try and read with these images without any context. Luckily, they do include the titles on the cards for you to follow, even though they do change a few of the suit names. The wands are spears, and pentacles are coins. Being a fan of the show, I do love many of the choices they made for the cards. Arya Stark as Death is probably my favorite choice, along with Ramsay Bolton as the Devil. I actually howled with laughter when I first saw this card because it is so fitting for his sadistic character. Of course, Jon Snow and Egret are the lovers, and Littlefinger is the magician, which suits him well since he's a master manipulator and strategizes and creates chaos the entire season. Obviously, he embodies most of the negative meanings from the magician. They do repeat characters on the cards. So, for instance... Daenerys Targaryen is the Queen of Spears, of course, and also the Empress, since she's the Mother of Dragons. Tyrion is the Page of Coins, which suits him well for his common phrase that Lannisters always pay their debts, and he's also the Fool, which I love because Tyrion travels the most mileage over the entire series, visiting almost every location on the show from King's Landing to the Wall to Winterfell to Essos and back. 
We follow Tyrion on his epic journey spanning the entire series and see through his eyes much of the time. This mirrors the fool's journey through the tarot, as he does transform more than most of the other characters. Some card choices were spot on. The moon as the moon door at the Eyrie, Melisandre as the high priestess, and Drogon as the chariot. I mean, he literally flew Danny over the seas on her mission to take back the Iron Throne. That is a perfect card choice. Working with this deck actually helped me let go of a lot of my post-show blues. The Game of Thrones tarot has a very masculine feel to it, so I also use this when reading for male querents. I use this in the Wild Unknown Tarot for the spreads I throw for my husband. This is one of the few decks that I have modified myself. I edged it in black, which goes well with the card backs, consisting of dozens of swords to represent the Iron Throne, made out of thousands of broken swords surrendered by the enemies of Aegon Targaryen. Overall, this deck has great winter energy and can be used for spreads dealing with heavier subjects that we all tend to read on during the cold winter months. One of my only two-tone decks is the Light Visions Tarot by James Eads. This deck is a deep purple and light cream, but the purple is so dark that it really looks brown to me when I work with it. For that reason, I use this deck a lot in the winter months and for most of my new moon and full moon readings because it gives me that moonlight vibe, especially since the version I have is plastic and shiny. They now have a later edition of this that is matte and not plastic, and instead of the gold gilding, there is gold shimmering edging. I was looking at it the other day online and thought it might even look better with these changes that they've made. And it's probably a lot easier to shuffle. It took a lot of practice to learn to shuffle with the plastic cards. I have the multicolored version of this deck too, which is called the Prisma Visions Tarot. The cards are the exact same images, but it feels completely different working with these two different color schemes. And the Light Visions Tarot feels thinner to me when shuffling than the Prisma Visions. And the snowy scenes stand out much more for me in the Light Visions Tarot due to the two-tone color scheme, and that's why I think it's perfect for cold winter months. I use the multicolor version for spring and summertime, and the darker tone in the winter months. What I love about this deck is that each suit shows a storyline if you lay all of the cards out side by side in order. It's gorgeous to see all 78 cards laid out on a tabletop. Truly one of a kind. There is always an extra 79th card, and it's unique to each version of the deck. For the version I have, the extra card is the Illumination card, and I love it when it comes up in a spread. I have several Oracle decks that I use mainly in the winter months, too. The Mystical Shaman Oracle is wonderful to work with during winter. The tones are really earthy and muted, which works well at this time of year. The Oracle meanings are broken down into the essence of the card, the initiation for upright meanings, and the medicine for reversals. I equate colder months to the cold and flu season, so medicine is associated with those months for me. This deck has great advice for how to treat certain situations with snake medicine and traveling through the underworld and spiritual realms. Perfect for the time of year that we do more reflection and meditation. Postcards from the Liminal Space is an oracle created by Bakara Whitner and Christian Berry 
and illustrated by Kaylee Christensen. This is one of my only black and white decks. This deck is perfect for winter due to the color scheme and the use of negative space in the cards. The images are simplistic but powerful, and they are very straightforward. They get right to the point. They also deal with darker themes like the dark night of the soul, the liminal space, and exploring the void we often find ourselves in when we are in the middle of our own self-exploration journey. This deck helps lift me up when feeling low because it reminds me that I am not alone on this journey and that we all go through much of the same process to get to the area of peace and understanding. There is darkness before the light. This deck is now retired, but Bacar is working on another version that will be out sometime in the spring of 2021. So watch the Everyday Magic site for those announcements. I definitely plan on buying that version as well. The cards she shared online as teasers look phenomenal. At the very end of October 2020, I finally received an Oracle deck that I've been wanting for quite a while. They just put out another print of it and I snatched it right up. It's the Season of the Witch, Samhain Oracle. I will be adding this deck to my autumn seasonal rotation, but I got it late this year, so I'm working with it now during winter. The energy does deal with some heavier messages like grief and transformation, so I'm thinking that I might use it for both autumn and winter months going forward. It has a very witchy, magical feel to it. It reads well with my Magic and Mediums Oracle, which I'm also rolling over from autumn to winter. I talked about that Oracle in depth in Episode 9 when I covered my favorite autumn decks. The witchy vibe of these two decks work well for both seasons for me. I still feel very witchy during the winter months. I don't put those decks away, usually until spring, so there's some overlap from autumn to winter for me. The Dark Mansion Tarot and the Oracle of Shadows and Light are two other decks that I work with for both autumn and winter. Those are discussed at length in Episode 9 as well, so I won't repeat my reviews on those decks here. I also received the Bonestone and Earthflesh Tarot in October of 2020, and so I'm working with that this winter as well, which is fitting because I find this deck has a very ancestral vibe for me. For that reason, I have dedicated this deck for ancestral work, ancestral healing, guidance, and karmic clearing, all of which I focus on heavily in winter months. This is a stunning deck with very earthy tones, hence the name Bonestone and Earthflesh. The imagery of this deck feels very tribal and ancient. I feel ancient wisdom flow through me when I work with these cards. I binded with this deck from the very first time I shuffled the cards. The messages are clear and deeply resonate with me. It feels like I'm channeling guidance directly from my ancestors every time I use this deck. There is strong crone energy in these cards. And there are no superficial readings with this deck. The messages are deeply meaningful and wise. Messages in these spreads are not to be taken lightly. I tend to mull over these messages long after the reading is over. I use the Bone Stone with the Oracle of Echoes deck because Anna Turian is the artist for both. I bought the Oracle of Echoes about a year and a half ago with the intention of reading with these two decks as a pair. I consider them sister decks. Spreads using both of these decks are seamless. They blend beautifully to weave ancient wisdom into a narrative that feels like a fireside chat with tribal elders. 
The Bonestone Tarot is sold out as it was only a limited run. Avalon may do a second edition way in the future, but she has said publicly that she is not thinking about that now as she needs a break after this deck dropped. If she does decide to do another run of it, she said she would change several of the cards so this edition stays special. But the Oracle of Echoes is still available to order. I'm going to end my winter deck list with a very powerful trio. The Wild Unknown Tarot, the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit deck, and the Wild Unknown Archetypes deck, all by Kim Kranz. The Wild Unknown Tarot is probably the most photographed deck, and no doubt you've seen this deck all over social media the past several years. I didn't get into tarot until well after this deck hit the market, but I still heard about the massive craze over it. I've heard several people in the tarot community criticize the popularity of the Wild Unknown because it is so mainstream and the fact that people drool all over it. They think it's overrated. I actually didn't even think that I would buy this deck at first when I initially got into tarot. At first, I was drawn to the colorful decks that were visually stunning and emotionally evocative. And while I liked the look of this deck, I passed on it many times for more colorful decks. This deck is more of a sketch-based deck so the images look like they're drawn with a black pen with limited use of color. Most of the cards are black and white and use sparse color on a few cards. It is also an animal and nature-based deck. There are no people in the cards. I told myself I wouldn't buy it out of fear of missing out or just because it was so popular. But by the time winter hit after the first year that I had gotten into tarot, this deck started to call to me. If I saw photos of the wild unknown, I would feel a tug or a pull. I would shrug it off at first and tell myself, no, do not be lured in. And then again later, it would pull me in once again. So I put it on my Christmas list that year with the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit deck. And my husband got both of the decks for me at the same time. I started reading the Tarot and the Oracle together. And the readings were phenomenal. I just couldn't believe how clear the messages were. Then a year later, I felt drawn to the Wild Unknown Archetypes deck at Christmas again, right around the time that it came out. And once I had that deck, I added that to the readings of the other Wild Unknown decks. The readings really resonate with me when I'm using all three Wild Unknown decks. Now I always read with them as a set. I usually start out with the Celtic Cross with the Tarot cards, then add in Clarifier cards with the Animal Spirit Oracle, and I either start or end a reading with three cards from the Archetype deck for an overall energy or messages from my guides. And for some reason, I always want to use my Tiger Eye runes with these decks. I cast the runes over the cards, and the whole reading flows together with clear guidance that feels like it's coming from my animal guides and my nature-loving guides. Also, the Archetype messages feel like they're coming from my subconscious mind using my psychological knowledge of those archetypes to steer me in the direction of shadow work and deep soul-searching. Winter is a time when I do a lot of my shadow work, and this trio is one of my favorites to use for those darker, heavier reads. You can dive deep with the archetype cards, and they're always so on point when I pull them. It never fails to amaze me how precise they can be in relation to the question that I asked or the problem I'm facing at that time. If you're hesitant about working with the Wild Unknown because of its popularity in the mainstream, my advice would be to not buy it until you feel called by the deck. If I ever question whether I need or truly want a deck, 
I wait a few months to see how I feel after the fear of missing out has worn off. I did this with the Dart Mansion too. It was so popular at first that I worried that I would be buying it based on that hype. Eventually, if the call becomes really intense, then I know I'm meant to have that deck. It usually means that the deck has something to teach me or that there's certain messages in the guidebook that I need to hear. There is always a valid reason why a deck calls out to me. It's unmistakable when this happens. And I always trust my gut. I've never regretted buying a deck when I felt that pull. The decks that I regret buying are the decks that I buy impulsively because they're on sale. I have several decks that I could live without for that reason. Those decks never resonated. So now I wait until the call of the cards. In part two of this episode, I will cover themes I work with during winter months on my healing journey, and I will share the five-card winter spread I created for this episode. I've created a line of Healing Through Tarot spread ebooks that are for sale on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. There's a spread for all seasons that contains 17 custom spreads designed to guide you through the seasons of any year. It covers holidays, birthdays, full and new moons, mercury retrogrades, seasonal spreads, year-end and year-ahead spreads, and eclipses with weekly and monthly spreads that you can reuse again and again year after year. This spread ebook is $10. I also have two volumes of healing and mental health spreads, each with 15 spreads centered around healing and mental health issues, including anxiety, body healing, managing depression, restoring balance, ancestral karma clearing, family healing, self-care, and much, much more. These two volumes complement each other, but each can also stand alone. Volume 1 is $13, and Volume 2 is $14. You can find all of these spread ebooks on my website, healingthroughterra.com, and I'm currently working on a new spread ebook that consists of 20 shadow work spreads coming out in the fall of 2022. This Healing Through Terror line of spread ebooks is designed to help take you through the healing work needed to heal old wounds and step into brand new energy of empowerment. Together, we can heal through tarot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you enjoying this podcast and companion blog? If so, now you can gift me a coffee or two on buymeacoffee.com to keep me fueled as I pull all-nighters writing scripts and recording episodes. I've placed a link in the show notes and on the blog for easy access. Help me keep this content flowing by sparking my inspiration. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. 
For part two of this episode, let me share with you what areas of my healing work I focus on from late November through March. Winter is an ideal time to let go of what needs to be released for shadow work, ancestral work, and inner healing. It is a time for reflection, rest, and recovery. It is a great time to turn inward, to assess your life, and to identify changes needed to move you forward out of any ruts you find yourself in. I also use this time to declutter my mind and my environment and to prepare for the unfolding inner transformation that will ultimately lead to a much-needed energetic rebirth. Winter is a natural time of hibernation. It invites you to go within and to dig deep into self-discovery. Our core beliefs and most authentic selves can be found in the darkest depths of our psyche, but we don't always have the time or space to devote to the time-consuming process it takes to reach that core self. But winter provides us with the perfect opportunity for deep personal transformation if we explore the stillness and reflect on the lessons we've learned over the year. I find this the perfect time to retreat and conduct a life assessment, to evaluate the changes I've faced and conquered over the other seasons, and to take stock of the lessons I haven't quite completed yet that need more work. It can be uncomfortable at first to sit in the stillness and face the aspects of ourselves that contain our shadow but it is necessary work to evolve. And we are constantly called to evolve and transform. Depression can set in if we are stagnant for too long. Even though it is uncomfortable to take on the shadow work at first, the unsettling feeling subsides after you start to discover the power in self-discovery and self-mastery that comes with integration. Diving into the unknown can be scary, but it can also be exhilarating and fulfilling to take that plunge and know that you can break through obstacles that have blocked your progress for far too long. Wintertime is also a time to reconnect with yourself and realign to your goals. Take this time to assess whether you've gotten off your path and renew your commitments to the goals you still desire to work towards. Listen to your inner voice. What is your soul whispering to you that you haven't been able to hear during the busy chaotic energy of the other seasons? Winter calls for rest, recovery, and renewal. We can't grow without periods of rest to renew our energy supply. Much of the year we're forced to run on fumes due to our over-programmed schedules and busy lives. This all leads to exhaustion, and now is our time to refuel. We also can't grow if we don't cut off the decaying aspects of our life. Winter is the ideal time to release relationships that are draining, goals that don't align with our purpose anymore, habits that harm us, and anything that no longer serves us. Think of it like pruning a plant. The flowers can't bloom when dead weight continues to pull them down. Pruning helps to cut away the decaying parts so it may bloom fresh shoots again, making way for new life to burst forth. At this time, let die what is dying. Don't hold on to it. Don't try to resuscitate it. Let it go and allow new energy to come in. I use winter for healing areas that have been buried during the rest of the year when I didn't have the time to fully work through and process those parts of myself. The slower pace of winter provides that opportunity to go within and devote time to the release and rebirth process. The veil is thin at this time, and it's a perfect time to do ancestor work, which tends to help me with my inner healing work. Ancestral healing and karmic clearing aids me in doing my own healing and helps me release stagnant energy that's been holding me back. 
This healing work also heals those around us, so it is very important work. I covered these issues in episode 11 and 12 if you want to know more about ancestral healing, karmic clearing, and collective healing. This clearing and releasing can open up new avenues of creativity and energy. Keywords for winter would be retreat, surrender, shedding, release, renewal, rebirth, and transformation. Meditate on these words during the winter months and journal about the thoughts that percolate up from your subconscious mind. And ask yourself these questions. What is your soul nudging you to do? What change can you feel approaching? This year I've been working with the book, The Season of Soul, A Mystic's Guide to Inner Transformation by Laura Naletta. And some of the content I've been sharing with you in this episode was inspired by my inner work with her book over the winter months. There is a link for this book in the show notes. I've enjoyed working with this book over autumn and winter so far. I will continue through spring and summer to complete the journey. This book has great exercises and content related to the changing seasons of our lives, not just the changes that occur every few months throughout the year. Now I will share with you the five card winner spread that I created for you. Card one, what is dying that I need to shed and release? Card two, what chapter am I ready to close? Card three, what could facilitate the surrender? Card four, what transformation is unfolding for me? And the last card, card five, what is my soul whispering to me in the stillness of winter? If you want to throw this spread for yourself, you can find the spread on my blog on my website, healingthroughtarot.com, and I have posted a graphic of this spread on my Healing Through Tarot accounts on Pinterest and Instagram. I would love to see the photo of your spread. Please tag me on Instagram at Healing Through Tarot, and please use the hashtag Healing Through Tarot Winter Spread. Also, you can find me on the Good Pods app under Healing Through Tarot. I would love to connect with you on the app if you're a Good Pods user. In the next episode, I will be covering tarot references for advanced tarot readers and talking about my plans for a depth year in 2021. So join me next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow car readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on healingthroughtarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through, spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.